Hello, everyone. This is Picks with the Professor, Season 1, Episode 2. Today, we are talking Week 1 of the 2021 College Football Season. I am Professor Sides. You can follow me and my picks on Twitter, at Professor Sides. With me today to break down the games and make some picks is Jack. Cousin Jared has sent a few picks in that we will sprinkle in. As always, these picks will be posted and tracked on Twitter, Betstamp, and the Google Sheet. Links are in the description below, and if you like what you hear, please like and subscribe. Now, I realized that I didn't give a great introduction to Cousin Jared last week. I, I'm a professor, not a podcast host, at least yet. Uh, so I want to give, give Jack the opportunity to introduce himself. And if you have questions for either one of my guests who will be here throughout the season, submit them in the comments or on Twitter, and we will do our best to answer them there or on the next show. Jack, floor is yours. Good evening, Professor. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. How about you? I'm doing okay. I do think that by the time I'm done with my picks tonight, everyone will be very happy to see Jared back. <laughs> they may, or it may just be that, that this episode's going to run a little bit longer. We have, we have more than five games to yes. talk about this week. Yes, I, I have a larger sample size in which to make a fool of myself. But uh, Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, but um, so just a little bit about me. I, like the professor, am a trained statistician, so... When it comes to the modeling he does, I can actually understand all of the jargon the professor uses, but that doesn't mean that I dabble in it myself. So what you're going to get from me are a lot of picks based more on intuition than math, and maybe hopefully a few more anecdotes along the way. Yeah, and hopefully that'll be a, a fun balance. Uh, I really like the balance that, that you and, and Jared will bring to the show, just offering different perspectives. So I, I think it'll work really well. A quick recap of last week. The model went two and two, had two easy wins and two easy losses uh, and it not close been, losses. It would have, you would have gone three and one if I was here about New Mexico State. There you go. And we, and we will discuss New Mexico State later, probably more than any of you want to hear uh, a little bit later in the show. <laughs> and uh, Cousin Jared started the season two and oh, so he started off the season really well. And again, we'll have some picks from him later, but we have a lot to talk about today. So we're going to jump right into it. Uh, all lines are courtesy of Bet Online. They are not paying me or subscribing anything fun it's just that uh we're but, looking but they could one. they could they could if you're listening to this and you're from bet online we would we would you know we we can, we can give the shout outs uh there but we, we yeah. just want one place consistently to have lines and so that's where we're choosing our lines from um thursday night we've got three games to discuss there are a few more and we're going to kick it off with a, a thrilling game i'm sure probably lots of offense at Temple at Rutgers, Rutgers is a 14-point favorite. I, I, hopefully you have something interesting to say about this game, Jack. Because I, I, I do, actually. Okay, so, okay. <laughs> so, so, so as we know, the Big Ten didn't really have like what you would call a typical season last year. Didn't really decide to get the ball rolling on anything until October. Um, mm -hmm. Almost every team in the Big Ten had their season ravaged by COVID cancellations postponements one way or another right. Rutgers was not one of them Rutgers oh. played all nine games last year and I didn't only, realize it there are only two teams in the Big Ten that can say that they did that the the fact that a team from New Jersey went through the winter without a COVID cancellation of any kind is simply a miracle that is that is kind of crazy and maybe that helps them out here because they at least have something that you would call a consistent transition from one year to the next, even though I don't know if Rutgers is any good, but they're better than Temple. They are better than Temple. Yeah. yeah. So, so Temple beat USF last year by two 
and lost every other game by at least 12. So you're asking Rutgers to do basically what almost every other team did to Temple last year. I think they can do it. Okay, so you are on Rutgers then minus 14. I, I am, I'm going to lay 14 points with Rutgers. Where is my soap to wash my mouth out with? <laughs> yeah, I feel like you should never lay 14 with Rutgers. Of course, last week after taking a couple of really bad teams myself, I probably shouldn't be the one saying that. Uh, I'm actually on the other side. I am taking Temple today as the model makes them only a 9.7 point underdog again Rutgers is a better team uh I just have them as a better team by less than that so I'm hoping for a low scoring boring game teams are sleepy on a Thursday night and a lot of these midweek games you hear that the students are crazy and uh it makes for a fun atmosphere and I'm, I'm hoping at Rutgers that's not the case because they don't care about football there well they they the last time they did their head coach was Greg Schiano. This is true. This is a good point. It, uh, you know, everything comes back around eventually, right? Yeah. I'm like, no kidding, especially <laughs> with this coaching staff. Yeah. All right. So that's our first game. Moving on to the next one here. We've got East Carolina versus Appalachian State. This game is a neutral site game. It's in Charlotte. Uh, Appalachian State is favored by 10 over East Carolina. Jack, what do you have on this one? Uh, not a whole heck of a lot. I think there's there's. App State brought back almost everybody on the offense, but they have the journeyman quarterback, Chase Bryce. So last year he started for Duke. That didn't go so well because very few things go well when you're starting at Duke. And the year before that, he was back up at Clemson. Mm -hmm. So this is a guy who's on his third school in, what, three years? If anything, he's going to be the real winner because he's going to get like multiple degrees for free. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess the only real question is, can a guy who's been going through that much of a transition carry an offense to a win, and if, in your case, a cover against East Carolina? I, I don't feel confident enough to say either way. Mm -hmm. Like, what do you have on this, Professor? Yeah, so I've, I've got Appalachian State here. My model makes them a 13.4 point favorite. And, and I think you made a good point with their quarterback. A lot of times uh, these quarterbacks that transfer in as they weren't good enough to play for the top dogs you know they end up having a lot of success at the smaller schools now will that translate right out of the gate is obviously mm -hmm. a question but as you said Appalachian State brought back a lot of people I remember picking East Carolina as I was testing this out last year a couple of times and it did not go well so I am liking being on the other side of that because they were a really frustrating team to back so uh, I will officially be on Appalachian State That's that, that, that's the professor talking, not the math talking. Yeah, exactly. Because at some point, you know, the, the math is what the math is. But, you know, sometimes you look at the picks and you say, oh, I'm thankful for that one. Or, or oh, I, I'm going to hate this one. And in fact, I think I'm going to hate this next one, actually. Uh, Bowling Green at Tennessee. Tennessee is a 35 and a half point favorite. And I'm probably going to hate myself on, on where I go with this one. But let's hear what you have to say first. All right. All right. P Pop quiz, professor. So, um, so first of all, th th 35 is a large number. And this is Heupel's first game as Tennessee's coach. Mm -hmm. um, but let, let's, play, let's play a little game. So Bowling Green played five games last year. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How many points do you think they scored? Like total? Uh, probably like 35. <laughs> well, they did a little better than that. They scored, they scored 57. That's and still if you, really bad. And if you gave them all of their points for the entire season, in their game against Kent State, they still lose by five. 
Oh, wow. Wow. That's Kent bad. State was horrible last year. Or not Kent State. I'm sorry. Bowling Green was horrible last yeah, year. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I hate laying that many points, especially in week one. Mm-hmm. But if, if, if your model says to do that, I wouldn't blame you if you did. <laughs> no, mine's actually the other direction. It says that Bowling Green should only be a 29 and a half point underdog. I mentioned this only. last week only. Yeah, yeah only, right? I, I mentioned this last week. Sometimes, especially early in the season, there's value on these dogs. People get carried away with the names and they think everybody's going to blow everybody out. And there will be some blowouts. And we saw plenty of them last week. Uh, four of the five games were not even competitive. And, and the one that was was only competitive in score at the end. It wasn't actually a close game. And, and people kind of think that always happens, but there's always a ton of close games and a ton of games that are boring, a ton of games that are snoozers. And that's why we're going to have some value on some of these big dogs early on. It's another one here. So I'm, I'm an official pick on Bowling Green at plus 29 and a half. Like I said, I don't like it because they are really bad. It's just, you know, Thursday game. Hopefully it's a slow start. Hopefully 35 and a half. Maybe the hook there gets us to the window. Um, but it, it won't be pretty. It just needs to be not too ugly. And that pick will win because we're getting I, so many I'll, points. I'll allow the pick, but please don't endorse anybody watching this game. Yeah, this is the thing. As a friendly reminder, right? You don't have to watch the games that you bet on. Some you can just bet them and walk away and see how they go. And this is one that you maybe want to watch, maybe the third quarter, maybe just to see how it's going. But for the first half, you probably no, don't want to watch. No, you don't even just, do. Don't even pull watch up the, the halftime score. Um, see if you can cash in or not. And right. if you can't, because it's still a close game, you still probably don't want to watch it because ask yourself how it got to still being a close game at halftime in the first place. Right. You're right. It would probably been an ugly one anyway. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And that wraps up the Thursday games that we want to talk about. Again, there are others, uh, but these are the three that uh, we decided to talk about based off where the edges in my model lie. Moving on to Friday, we start off with North Carolina, a five and a half point favorite, a week one conference game at Virginia Tech. And this one is one that the model doesn't actually have an edge on. Cousin Jared is submitting a pick. He is taking North Carolina minus five and a half. I can't tell you why. You can hit him up on Twitter, though. I did tag him in the previous video if you, if you want to ask him why he's taking North Carolina five and a half, minus five and a half. Uh, but the model uh, has no play on that game officially. I didn't realize Cousin Jared loved Mac Brown that much. And I'm going to dig on that because he's not here. Exactly. You can make, you can make that dig. And for, for those, I, I think we mentioned it in takes one or two last week. I can't remember what the technical difficulties we had, but Cousin Jared is a proud Texas A&M alum. And so uh, that's why the Mac Brown dig there uh, on that game. And then the other Friday game that we're going to talk about is Michigan State at Northwestern. Northwestern laying a field goal. Uh, at bet online with some juice it's equivalent to three and a half uh, that we've seen elsewhere mm. so those two lines are gonna be about the same and jack i know you've had a love affair with northwestern over the years where, where do you oh, stand especially now so, especially now okay so, i guess where so, you stand with that now yeah so northwestern starting quarterback is hunter johnson who i actually watched play high school football that's right i remember go, i remember going to i think his homecoming game like first time I had heard of him, watched him play like three quarters of football. I was like, hmm, this kid's pretty good. So mm-hmm. I wonder if he has any offers anywhere. And I Google him on rivals or whatever. And it's like, oh, he's the number one quarterback in the country. Yeah. Yeah. And of course he went to Clemson, which was unfortunate timing because there was this guy, Lawrence, who was there at the time. Heard of him? Name sounds familiar. Yeah. 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 So it d- didn't work out there. Went to Northwestern. I, my prior 
picks in like my yearly like pickums across the year have always been biased in favor of Northwestern, and I never had a rational reason why. I, I have a rational reason why now, <laughs> but I'm still not doing it because Michigan State beat them last year. Okay, okay. I figured you'd be on Northwestern here. Mm-mm. Can't do it. All right. Well, I am no. pulling the trigger on Northwestern. I make this game a five, them a 5.4 point favorite in this game. And again, if you're looking at three and a half, I would lay the three and a half. I have the same edge at three and a half as I do what I am taking on bet online at minus three, minus 117. I think this might be the worst Michigan State team in a long, long time. I think it's going to be a rough. Oh, there are some bad ones. Not too long ago, professor. I think this one is going to be bad. When you look at uh, who they're bringing back, I, 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 this is one of those situations where, and and I hope I don't look like a fool saying this at the end of the season, but a two or three win season wouldn't shock me. Um, They're going to obviously get a couple easy non-conference wins, but I think they're going to really struggle uh, to get bowl eligible this year. I just don't think they're going to be very good. Uh, so I'm laying the points with Northwestern and hoping that they can have an easy victory. Hopefully Michigan State is as bad as I think they are going to be. Well, they're certainly not going to be looking ahead against that matchup against Youngstown State next week. Yeah, like I said, they're going to get a couple of gimmies as as power teams do. So I think that's uh, that's that's if that's if they don't beat Youngstown State, then I think you're right. I don't think they're going to make it if, past three wins. If they don't, if they don't beat Youngstown State, I don't think they're getting any yet. But but I really think if, I think a three win season would not be out of the realm of possibility, which is crazy to think about. It, it, it's 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 not saying I, I think they will only win three. I'm saying it wouldn't surprise. It me. wouldn't no. And, 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 and looking at the schedule, it wouldn't surprise me either. And it's crazy to think about that. We're so used to Michigan State being a nine win team, a ten win team. A, a down year is seven and five for them an appearance in the, mm-hmm. the cheese it bowl or something like that. Right. Uh, but I, I think, I think they're going to really struggle getting the bowl eligibility this year. And that does us for Friday. So then moving on to Saturday, a lot of games to talk about here. Some of these more interesting than others. The first one, Louisiana Monroe at Kentucky. Kentucky is a 31 point favorite. Louisiana Monroe is very, very bad. Uh, this is similar to a game uh, I had talked about earlier, though. We are, I am taking Louisiana Monroe plus 27.4. I think they are bad. I hope they are not that bad. I hope that's enough points. Um, the model does seem to think that that is too many to lay with Kentucky. Hopefully week one, they are looking to knock anybody hurt and uh, move when, on with, with an easy 25 point win or something. When do you think the last time Kentucky was a 30 point favorite it, it, against it has, an FBS team? If it didn't happen, what, two years ago, maybe, it would have been a long, long time. They, yeah. they started getting better. Last year, they were okay, but they didn't play uh, any non-conference games, right? So it, it, mm-hmm. it wouldn't have been in conference. It would have had to have been uh, playing a school like this. Yeah, that, 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 um, that, one, that, that one team that got ranked a couple of years ago. Right. So if it wasn't in that recent history, it would have been a long – Jared yeah. Lorenzen years back in the day, probably. <laughs> That's uh, true. Oh, I forgot about those. Yeah, yeah, they had some decent teams then, but even then they might not have been. They might not have played the right team. ULM is very, very bad. Um, again, the hope here is just that that's just too many points. Um, and so, like I said, we're going to be consistent. The model is going to give us a few of those, and we're not going to shy away from them. Hopefully the games are ugly and, and not too high scoring. Uh, Penn State at Wisconsin. This one should be a little more interesting to watch. Wisconsin is a five-and-a-half-point favorite. A couple of these conference games early on in the year, things get real. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jack, what do you have on this one? 
I am actually going to take a chance here and lay the five and a half on whiskey. Okay. All right. So, so, so Penn state had a very interesting 2020. Um, like everything before Thanksgiving was bad. They lost the first five games, then Thanksgiving hit, and then they won their last four. But they also have brought in a new offensive coordinator named Mike Yersich, who I am familiar with given his time at Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. So I, I, it'll be interesting to see what he does there because while he was at Oklahoma State, he basically said, all right, I'm going to take the offense that exists and not change anything, which not a bad strategy, uh, yeah. but I mean, I don't know if you want to go around changing Penn State's offense for the better or for the worse. The reason I'm taking Wisconsin, like, okay, like they were one of those big 10 teams that had to deal with a whole bunch of like COVID schedule changes. Um, the entire coaching staff at Wisconsin's at least been there for the last five years. So if there's going to be, yeah, yeah. And I think continuity is very valuable for week one of 2021 because a lot of people are coming off of 2020 in a lot of different cases. Right. Plus whiskey at home is always a lot of fun. They are. They do play very well at home. I'm actually on the other side of this one. Uh, I'm taking Penn State. Uh, my model makes this plus three and a half. This one will be interesting, as you said. Uh, my personal take on this is that anything could happen. And that's another reason why I like taking the points with Penn State, just because I think this could be could go either way. This is another where a money line makes a little bit of sense, especially if yeah. you know, you're betting a little bit less than your normal amount and just kind of say, Anything can happen. Let's take some big plus, you know, some some decent plus odds. Um, both of these teams performed better last year than the results indicate. The advanced metrics actually liked both of them, but from what I've pulled in, the advanced metrics like Penn State a little bit more relative to their results than Wisconsin. So again, I only make them a three and a half point underdog. So I still think Wisconsin's a better team. I still think Wisconsin winning by three or six is very likely, but given that we're getting five and a half. Uh, there are a few more ways that this can work out well. So that's, I'm, I'm actually on the other side of that one. It, it's uh, going to be interesting watching these metrics evolve throughout the season and getting off whatever priors they have from 2020. Because yeah, I, don't think, I don't think the metrics were built with COVID-related stuff in mind. Absolutely. It, it, it's going to be interesting to see. And, and, I've heard, and I've heard some different people that model talk about how they're weighting different seasons. They're, they're giving last year a little bit less weight than they normally would have given the previous season because last year was so wonky. You can't completely trust it. That works a lot better in the NFL than it is in college because in the NFL, you have a whole lot more data on those players and in college where you have less data. So it's a little bit harder to get away with that. So it's a good, it's a good point you make there. Mm -hmm. Next game, uh, an early kickoff for out West Fresno state at Oregon. Oregon is a 20 and a half point favorite. Do you have anything on this one? I honestly forgot this game was happening. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And yeah. probably Dude. a lot of people will as Oregon being a 20 and a half point favorite. So Fresno played last week. I don't think that's why the model is taking them, but I am taking them. The model makes them only an 18.4 point underdog. So they should lose. Hopefully they lose by less mm-hmm. than the 20 and a half. Fresno played an early kickoff out West last week. This is an early kickoff out West that could help them. They were sluggish early on in that game. UConn is bad. I watched the game last week because there were so few games and UConn is 
bad. And they hung in. You kind of hung in for the first half, just like you would have hoped, given the fact that, you know, I took all those points. Things really started unraveling when Fresno got going. And you wonder how much of that was first game, how much of that was early kickoff. And Fresno doesn't have to worry about either one of those this week because they just did it last week. So Fresno has a chance here to start off strong, maybe take a lead, maybe keep it close at the half. You know, you'd like to see a tie game, maybe a three-point lead at the half, whatever. They can just kind of hang on and win, lose doesn't really matter as long as they don't get blown out. Yes. So Oregon's starting quarterback, who did everything he could to lose the job last year except actually (laughs) lose it, um, he's gone now. And the Mm -hmm. guy who'd been basically – who did the the heavy lifting like during the Fiesta Bowl. He's the starter now. Okay. So it's it's one of those interesting Oregon teams where, yeah, they have a new quarterback, but it's really the quarterback who – took him through the last half of the year right interesting to see what he does now he doesn't have to like look over his shoulder anymore right is that good or bad right sometimes that competition can can bring the best out in someone and sometimes it you know you see you're you're worried about making every pass perfect so it could could really go either way next up we have a rivalry game week one west virginia laying three points at maryland what do you got for us on this one this is a rivalry game. This is a rivalry game. If the states Dude, touch, it's a it, rivalry. They used to play in the same conference, right? But now they're both in different there, conferences. There's, there's, there's... <laughs> or, or, or they weren't in the same conference, but one was in a conference that the other one wanted to be in, but then that left anyway. Then they went to a different conference. They've got to need the it's every always conference, sunny, right? like conspiracy theory graph. Like these people don't, re- <laughs> these two schools don't really exist. <laughs> right, exactly. exactly. You could tie these schools reasonably to every conference, except like maybe the Mountain West, I guess, is the only one I don't know how to. How to yeah, yeah, so they, they, they like these two schools in this rivalry game haven't played to get against each other since 2015. Okay. Yeah, and like like it is a rivalry game. There's a Wikipedia page on it, so like people acknowledge that apparently people care about this game. Yeah. Again, the states kind of border each other, so I guess that works, right? Yeah. I, I mean, Maryland or near each other, kind of touch each other. I, by like 20 miles, right? It's not very much, I don't think. Uh, yeah, once you're up there. <laughs> so, someone, someone Spoken like this. a true Texan. Exactly, yeah. Exa- someone's watching this and they know exactly. I, I, I'm pretty sure they touch. I'm pretty sure they don't touch by much, all right? Uh, my geography from up there is only so strong, right? <laughs> I mean, a, a, as a general rule, like rivalry games cause a lot of things to be thrown out the window. And I think that's especially true if they haven't seen each other in a while. Yeah. Like I'm. I'm, I'm afraid to touch this game. What, is, what does the model say? The model says this game should be close to a pick So I'm going to take Maryland. It says that West Virginia should be a slight favorite. West Virginia is a little bit better, but that would be offset by the home edge. So uh, it's, yeah. it's a play on Maryland. It, on, honestly, I think this one, everything we said about Penn State, uh, despite that one's on the road versus Maryland at home, but I think the, the same logic applies when you're getting a field goal, when you're getting some plus odds on the money line in a game where anything could happen, that's never bad value like you said the rivalry game part uh throwing a little bit more into it anything could happen in this game so i'm going to take the three with maryland hope it's a close mm-hmm. game also again money line not a not a bad idea there as well if, if that's the type of thing that you're interested in indiana and iowa is our next game iowa is a three-point favorite you have to lay 115 if you want to take iowa what do you have for us on this one? This is going to be a, one of those classic Big Ten slobber knockers, isn't it? it yeah, it's very possible. Yeah, all we're missing is the 11 local kickoff. Yes, it, sh- it's, it should be an 11 a.m. kickoff time. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, the interesting thing here is that Indiana, right, is now kind of a little bit more of the hunted instead of the hunter. That's yeah, a new ranked. look for them. It's a new look. 
ranked. Um, yeah. I, I'm not sure if that's going to like manifest to the same degree that it happened last year. Um, like they're starting quarterback still like recovering from like a knee injury last year. Yeah. He had a pretty yeah, gruesome ACL yeah, injury last year. He, he's back, but I don't know to what degree he's right. back. Right. Will he, will he have limited mobility or whatnot? Yeah. And then, you know, you have Iowa and Kirk Ferentz has been there a hundred years. It seems that way for sure. Mm-hmm. But also there's, there's this continual trend of Iowa either blowing the home opener or the game against Iowa state or both. <laughs> right. The Iowa state win, uh, is that, is that next week's game? I know they usually play that early on. Usually, in the year. usually I haven't looked yet. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's usually yeah. like a week two type game. So it wouldn't surprise yeah, me. Yeah. So, this week. so, I mean, I'm, I'm currently living in Indiana. I'm really hoping IU wins that game, but I, I, I want to see their quarterback play a game before I'm willing to start like putting like my stake in there. Right. Right. I've got Iowa as a 5.6 point favorite. So I'm actually going to lay the three with Iowa. I think in this one, the fact that Iowa tends to struggle early in the season, I think might be contributed or might be caused from some of the look ahead type spots, but you get a conference game week one against a good opponent. You can't afford to blow this. So I don't expect any issues like that from Iowa in this game, knowing that they've got a good team coming to town. So I, I, I don't, I don't see them really looking ahead and beyond this game. And I think, I think they're a better team than Indiana. Plus they're at home. Yeah. This is one of those games where they should have an edge. Um, I, I the looked it up. They are, they are in Ames next week. They are in Ames next week, but yeah, again, this shouldn't be a look ahead spot. Mm. If it is, that's really bad on a, on a better yeah. head coach. I, mean, I don't, I don't care how like once in a blue moon, a ranked Iowa state team is you can't look past a ranked opponent conference game conference opponent yeah right right exactly mm-hmm. exactly so yep i'm on iowa on that one i think that's fair i think that's fair yeah next one marshall is a two and a half point favorite at navy what you got on do, this one do you remember last time navy played marshall no i do not i don't that, remember that, that is correct time. because oh, they, they have never okay. pl- they have never played which is interesting because those two schools are not located that far it, this uh, no. these two schools are in the same states we talked about west virginia and maryland right yeah yeah so, <laughs> Navy, so Navy's there, in maryland and marshall's in west virginia there, there's going to be a lot of interesting feel goods at this game professor and i'm the, sure the, the, the reason for that is the so the game's at navy right navy is honoring the guy who took over the Marshall job after the plane crash. Ah, okay. Because he was apparently also like with Navy forever after oh, that. I didn't, I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, and I'm not, it's one of those weird things. Like this one guy is being honored at this place, but I honestly do not know which team cares about that more. Right. Right. In theory, the athletes probably don't care at all. I mean, in, in theory, in theory, uh, Things that happened before their time. I mean, but these are, the fan but, but these are, might. but these are also eighteen to twenty-one year olds. It's like it's pretty easy to get them to care about something. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> well, my model makes this Marshall minus five point three, and so I'm laying the two and a half with Marshall myself. I think the other interesting note about this one is you want to play an offense like Navy's with time to prepare. You do not want to play an offense mm-hmm. like this off a short week or off even just a regular week, really, because you don't have time to simulate what they're doing because you've lost so much time with travel and rest and everything like that. But here they've had tons of time to game plan for this uh, triple option attack. 
which I think gives Marshall a little bit of an edge here that my model isn't even capturing. So that makes me like this pick a little bit, a little bit more. I forgot, I forgot about the, the triple option corollary that we've been working with. Yes, and it doesn't work all the time, but in general, it's a good rule of thumb to follow is come up with a number and, 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 and you know, my two cents, come up with a number on a game before you see what the spread is and then compare it to the spread. Mm -hmm. Now, how you come up with that number? Again, I've got a model that does it. You can have whichever way possible, but come may, up may with I a number. Yeah. May I, may I hop on that bandwagon? <laughs> yes, you may. Can, can I say you talked me into taking into taking Marshall as well? Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Yes. Yeah, they're, and, they're, I don't know. They might be looking ahead to, the, to that big game against NC Central. I would hope not. <laughs> uh, but, but, you know, my, my thought on this is kind of, you know, come up with a number that you make the game, however you do it. And I'd like to subtract the point, maybe if you're playing a team on a triple option without time to prepare, but give yourself maybe an extra point. If you do have time to prepare, because on a gimmick offense like that, having that time to prepare, you can more easily shut them down. That's one of those things that feels like it's worth more than a point. The, the problem is, that's why I said a point both ways. You know, it's a plus point or a minus point, so it's a two-point yeah. swing. It, and it may be. It's one of those things where it's, it's tough to say without knowing the specifics of how well they're emulating it. I think if you have a – maybe if you have a scout team quarterback who can run it really well and you have good coaching, it might be worth more than that. So I'm, I'm just talking about kind of in general that's a, a decent rule of thumb at least to start with. Yeah, good point. Next game, Central Michigan at Missouri. Missouri is a 14 and a half point favorite. What you got here? Give me all the points. Give you all the points. All right. Yeah, so, so, that... so, 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 so doing during my, my, my research on this game, I read an article, I think, I think by a Mizzou fan. Okay. And they said, like, we want to make sure they're not overlooking that critic. They're not overlooking Central Michigan for that critical game next week. The critical game next week is against Kentucky. Wow, how, my, how the times have changed, you know? I, I, I don't think they've changed that much. <laughs> well, if Kentucky's a critical game, it feels like it yeah, really yeah. has. Well, I, yeah, I, I think that speaks more to, like, where the Mizzou mindset is than, right. like, how good Kentucky actually is. I'm like, right. like if you're – if Kentucky is the team that you're watching out for – Right, what does it say about you? yeah. Plus, so plus another plus another familiar face, Central Michigan. Uh, the Florida coach who was there a few years ago, he's there now. Jim, I forgot how to pronounce his last name, McElwain. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, former Colorado State coach as well. Did really well yeah. with the smaller program, absolutely. So you were taking the 14 and a half with Central Michigan. I am. All right, I like it. We are in agreement on this one. I'm also finally. taking the 14. Yeah, finally, I'm also <laughs> taking the 14 and a half with Central Michigan. My model makes this only a 9.1 point game. So basically you know, seven, nine, 10, 11 are some reasonable outcomes there. Even 14, a reasonable outcome and 14 gets us to the window getting 14 and a half. So uh, another underdog there to take. Next game, San Jose State at USC. USC is a 14 point favorite. What do you got for us on this one? All right. So San Jose's quarterback is Nick Starkle. I don't mm -hmm. know if you know that name. I've, I've heard it a few times. We talked about him last week, actually. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Former A&M quarterback, a &M former Arkansas quarterback. He's been around. Yeah. So if there's one thing San Jose State has going for them, it's that, you know, Starkle was playing Bama, LSU, Auburn mm -hmm. regularly for the first right. part of his career. Mm -hmm. I don't think going to USC should phase him in that regard. Yeah, USC is not really known for having quite the same raucous crowd that some of the SEC How out on the West Coast? Surely you jest. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> har har. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's 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 not going to be so much about the psychology. It's more about the actual ability of San Jose State mm-hmm, mm-hmm. To, to keep this a close game. And mm-hmm. I could see that happening either way. Mm-hmm. What, what do you think? So I've got USC minus 20 on this one. Uh, so one of the few times I'm laying the points. Oh, that's all. Uh, mm-hmm. And San Jose State got a nice boost last week in our in, in my model. It, it's not. Uh, you know, we talked about Fresno getting some of the butterflies out of the way earlier and whatnot. I think it's less about that and more about just they were in a specific situation that they're seeing again uh, that Oregon might not be because as early West Coast kickoff times are kind of weird. Uh, San Jose State did play, which is good. Um, unfortunately, they played a team that's nowhere near the caliber of USC. And while yeah. again, while they did get a bump in my model, I would have made this game even bigger uh, of a spread. Uh, last week, I just I don't think that they can hang with USC. I like laying 14 here. I think this is a great a great number. Um, now, is that the case where the model gave you a bump because they overperformed or because they played a game that existed and they won? <laughs> uh, more that they overperformed. Um, uh, they, they you know they covered. They, they went out and they yeah. were supposed to win by you know, depending on what you looked and when you took that number, right, anywhere between 21 and, and 28, I think is about where it closed. Uh, they won handily, right? So it gave them a little bit of a boost to say, good job, you played well. Uh, I think the thing that people are missing is that while they played well, they didn't play that much better than they should have. So the boost is very minimal. So it's it's not like it gave them, it didn't yeah, give them enough, like, it, like, it did give them enough okay. of a boost. <laughs> you, 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 you might not embarrass yourselves. Right, right, exactly, exactly. Uh, next game, we've got uh, another Pac-12 school, Oregon State, traveling to Indiana to play Purdue. Purdue is a seven-point favorite. What do you got for us here? Can, can you explain to me, because I was doing, I was looking up like the numbers on Sagarin for this. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go strictly by Sagarin, I think they say that Oregon State's actually the superior team by a skosh. Yeah, I can't explain why specifically he has them better. What I can say is that a lot of the different metrics out there, uh, they, they tend to be higher or lower on certain teams. And I think that's kind of what you saw there. Oregon State can score. Yeah. This is going to be a track meet. Can they stop anybody? Probably not. <laughs> what times? What times this game? Uh, this game is at uh, six p.m. Central, so a night game. Okay. Okay. So at least you don't have to worry about the West Coast East Coast jet lag. Yes, absolutely. If this was an eleven a.m. game, I would feel yeah. a little bit differently about it than it being a night game. Uh, but yeah, Sagarin's a little high on them. Some of the metrics are just a little bit higher or lower on teams, especially to start the season. There's a little bit more variability yes, I mean, there, but I, I think, I think Oregon state has a pretty good offense. And yeah. so they're, they're never out of it, which I think is a good characteristic to have. Mm-hmm. Cause I was like, I mean, trying to reconcile that with a line that says Purdue minus seven, especially given what I know about Purdue football in general, it's, it's right. like they're, they're, they're begging me to take Oregon State here. So I'm just going to go ahead and do it, and people can laugh at me for it later. All right. Hey, I'm on the same boat. Uh, my model makes us Oregon State plus five and a half. So not the pick uh, that you said that Sagarin would make it or, or near pick I still think Purdue is a better team. Um, and and if, if you'll notice, I mentioned this last week, the smaller differences 
between what I make the spread and what Vegas makes the spread matters more around our key numbers around the threes, the sixes, the seven, things like that. So I'm only 1.2 points off, but those 1.2 points kind of matter because you're getting the six and the seven to push. (laughs) Exactly. Six is very possible given that I make this 5.8 is the win seven gets us the push. So that's why this has an edge because of that. Whereas if I'm one point off at a 20 point game, it's at the probability of it landing out there is so small. There's so many random outcomes that can happen. It matters less. So a small edge point wise, but that translates to the same kind of probability as a lot of the other edges. So I'm on Oregon state as well. And again, hopefully we don't uh, kick ourselves. Now when they should score, the question is, can they stop Purdue at all? I, I have a built-in excuse if Purdue wins that game by 30. Like, hey, I got swayed by Sagarin. Uh, it's there, not you my fault. there you go. Next on the docket is Baylor. They are laying 14 at Texas State. And and little backstory here. Jack and I actually met as grad students at Baylor. So we are yeah. Baylor alum. There is no Baylor bias in the model. I didn't code anything in. I have been accused of things like that in the past. Uh I have no idea what, you know, uh, what's going into the model to make them like teams that I like, but my model does say Baylor minus 17.7. So I'm taking Baylor as nothing to do with what I'm rooting from my heart. It's just, I think we could write an entire manuscript on whether the statement there's no bias towards Baylor in your model is actually true. I'm pretty sure that I, I know I you didn't do it with deliberately, but now, you I were trained by people at Baylor. Well, this is true. This is true. But uh, there is nothing that I'm doing or using where I'm looking at what the data is and, and tweaking certain parameters to make them look better. So it kind of yeah. it kind of is with on this one. I think it's just that Texas State is really bad. Now, what are we going to yeah. get with Baylor is a I huge mean, question we, mark. We, we've I mean, you and I specifically have seen this before. Like we've we've watched uh, Baylor get a new coach. They've immediately hit the tank. They did terribly for one year. They come back and they should be substantially better. Right. I, I don't know if they'll be like world-class, like they've somehow pulled out like at the very end of the Matt Rule era. Right. And, and, I, th- and I think the there's also some disagreement with some of the metrics and some of the analytical people on Baylor as well. How you view 2019 Baylor versus 2020 Baylor, right? Is yeah. 2019 the fluke or is 2020 the fluke? Because while they should have gotten worse in 2020, they shouldn't have gotten that much worse. And so which one of those was a little bit of the outliers is a question. We don't know what we're going to get with Baylor, like you talked about. And last year was was a year zero, right, for Aranda, just like, you know, Rule had his year zero. The difference is Rule got to get to year one without COVID. Yeah. And Aranda's dealing with his year zero. Yeah. With COVID. So, is, so is this year COVID year zero is a terrible thing to experience as a head coach. Right. And especially this- like with Baylor, like they're, I forgot what month it was, but they had like a long stretch of games that just had to be moved. Right. They had some COVID issues last year. They lost some games and then they came out of it and looked flat. And, you know, so is this, is this year one or is this year zero part two? Is this year 0.5? I don't, I don't really know. Mm-hmm. You can get a lot of Baylor. I think why I feel confident in this pick, why I like uh, what the model says here is that Texas State is really, really bad. And so I think that's one of those things where, yes, you don't know what you're going to get from Baylor, but in one but world- But you do know what you're getting from Texas State. You do know what you're nothing. getting from Texas State. So in one world, Baylor goes out and wins this game by 28, and it's an easy cover. In another world, Baylor is not that good, and they're up 10 points late, and you got a chance to cover still. So to me, it's one of those- there's a chance it's just an easy win and there's a chance it's a close game, but only laying 14, you could get a walk away with a push or a late win because kind of anything can happen there. So I think there's some value on, 
on Baylor there, especially if you're only laying the 14. 14 and a half is okay. I like it a little bit less. Um, at Bet Online here, we've got minus 14, minus, or excuse me, minus 14, and the odds are minus 113. So if you have a shop that maybe lay a little extra juice to hold them on that 14, that might be something you're interested in. The next thing they go minus 113. In theory, you could always shift the odds around. The reason they're doing that is they're just trying to slightly entice a little bit more or less money on one side okay. or the other. So it's yeah, just trying so just, to it, it's trying a, to, a more fine-tuned than the typical multiples of five, then. Yes. And of course, if you if you ask uh, most odds makers, what they will tell you is they would rather never move the number and only move the juice. They would rather just keep the number the same. Always make the numbers half so that there's no pushes and just raise the juice. And they would just raise the juice up and down based off what people are doing. The yeah. problem is, is they don't, they, they can't do that too much because people get uh, scared away of that. People don't like to lay minus 125, that sort of mm-hmm. stuff. And so they have to move the number, uh, but they would prefer just to keep the number the same I, and just keep moving the juice. If I guess I've just down. never appreciated the amount of precision that we are doing with these now. <laughs> I mean, it, yeah, at some point, it, you know, margins are thin every, uh, every bit counts, right? Mm-hmm. Um, next team, uh, another small Texas school, UTSA, traveling out to Illinois. Illinois is a five and a half point favorite. What do you got for us on this one? So, you know, Illinois had fun against Nebraska last week. They did. They did. They had a great, L- lost a great win. their quarterback in the process. He's out. Yeah. Which is yeah. probably explaining why this number is a lot smaller than I thought it was, should have been. Right. Um, I, I tried to go back at previous Brett Bielema teams, like what did they do after they had like a big win just to see like what patterns there were. Um, mm-hmm. for the most part, there aren't any there. I think there was his, his last, like Arkansas like his last good Arkansas year. Like he actually did like a pretty impressive stretch in the sec. He followed every loss with a win and vice versa. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. So remind me, you. You said this game's where? This game is in Illinois. In Illinois. Okay. So, I mean, the backup quarterback was serviceable against Nebraska. Mm-hmm. I don't know how good Nebraska is going to be. I mean, Jared, Jared touched Jared on this too. He, he had mm-hmm. like, he thought there was going to be like a cloud of like doom and gloom over Nebraska this mm-hmm. year. And so far, so good on Jared's part. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think UTSA is actually going to put up a better fight. Which is sad, but yeah, yeah. It, I just it, wish it, I, I wish I was getting more than five and a half here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So is that a, is that a, are you taking them or are you laying no, off? It's not, no. not enough points. Not enough points for you. Not not enough points and a, enough uncertainty with a backup quarterback. Right, right, and, and and I think a lot of people want to take you TSA in this game. Just in the Illinois coming off of a great win. I've got Illinois as an 8.4 point favorite here. I'm taking Illinois. I'm laying five and a half. I love that it's five and a half. You get the win um, at six. You get the win at seven. If this if this lines up at seven, it's it's a stay. It's a pass for me. If mm-hmm. if this number moves up to seven, I get there's the backup quarterback. I get they're coming off a big win. You know, at some point, I think we overanalyze this coming off a big win thing in that it sometimes works that way, but it sometimes doesn't. It's that it's kind of that confirmation bias, right? Well, well yeah. We, we can talk about it for every game and it will be true for half of them and it won't be true for the other half. And we tend to remember the times when it's true and not the times when it's not. And, and this so, is never true more than it is after a week one big win. Right, like, exactly. I've heard, like how many times have we heard like, oh, X State sound, looks certainly looks like a top five team, even though, 
they played and beat someone who almost certainly won't be a top five team. Right. Especially, you see it in the like, SEC like, a lot, of course. Yeah, yeah it's like, whoa, <laughs> sl- slow way. down, people. Right, right, exactly. Let, 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 let's, let, let's get some more data before we establish who is and is not the top five team. Right. And so I think there's just this kind of chatter of, oh, coming off this big win or whatever. Illinois is just in a, Illinois isn't great, but they are in a different class than UTSA. Uh, at home, there might be a tiny bit of a hangover, but there might not. And so we like to consider the fact that there might be a hanger, but hangover, but we don't consider the fact that there might not. They may just come out and be yeah. ready to play and say, look, you know, and Jerry talked about this last week. They beat Nebraska last year, right? Who's to say that in their locker room, they aren't sitting there saying, we beat them last year. We beat them this year. Yeah. Whatever. No, now no, we got to go out and win again. We're going to, you know, we're going to try to get to whatever their win goal is. I don't know what their goal will be, right? Six wins, eight wins, 10 wins, whatever, right? We've got to get to that win. We got to get another win this week, you know? No, I, I completely agree with you. And I honestly don't consider Nebraska a big win. I'm... <laughs> right. And that's why I said, how, yeah. who's to say they yeah. aren't saying we beat these guys I... last year. We beat them this year. This isn't a big thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, like the, the backup might do a great job against UTSA. Right, right. Exactly. So I'm on Illinois on that one. Uh, mm-hmm. Next team, Northern Illinois. At Georgia Tech, Georgia Tech is an 18-point favorite. What do you got for us on this one? So Northern Illinois last year was weird. Like they, they finished last in the MAC, which is unusual for them. Yeah, it went 0 and 6. Of course, the the MAC also like was the MAC was the last conference to decide, hey, we're actually going to jump in for 2020 football. I think the MAC followed the Big Ten's footsteps, especially considering they get so many games against the Big Ten. And so when the Big Ten said we're out, the Mac was like, well, we're out. And then the Big Ten said they could play and the Mac was like, oh, I guess we can play too. I guess they just followed along. (sighs) That that probably contributed at least to some of all of the craziness we saw in the Mac. Um, Yes, the Mac was impossible to figure out last year. And despite, you know, Northern Illinois not winning a game, I think this is too many points. All right, so Um, you're on Northern Illinois. I am. So... Fun, fun fact, like doing my research on this, I was looking up, I was looking up Georgia Tech's results last year and like they had like the placeholders for all of the game recaps on their wiki page for the 2020 season. Mm-hmm. And uh, they had a full recap for game one when they beat Florida State and then they got the doors blown off them by UCF and they had a recap for that and no one updated anything after that the rest of the year. <laughs> I mean, would you want to after that? To be like, we're done. No, we don't no, care. Like, like this, the, the, the season is lost. We've Not lost to it. Central Florida. <laughs> now, that I think turned out to be more true than even they wanted it to be, but right. Uh, I, it, it feels like expectations are low for Georgia Tech. <laughs> Yeah, or at least they I, haven't recovered from what they went through last year. Right, and I'm with you. I actually make this game only 13 points, so I am also taking the 18 with Northern Illinois. Like you said, it's too many points. 18 is not a crazy score. It could fall right on 18. Easily could fall 14, 17, 13, those things. So lots of ways that this game uh, can be a win. I, I'm with you. Too many points, in my opinion. Georgia Tech is also an interesting situation because they're transitioning from the triple option into a, you know, the speed, yeah. you know, five wide aired out more modern offense, but I'm not sure they're there yet with regards to the athletes coming in to run that system. You know, they've, they've come in and they've got the old athletes who weren't recruited for that. You bring some of the new ones in, but they're young. And it's like, it's kind of this weird transition and maybe they'll kind of figure it out as the year goes on, but I'm just not sure they're really fully into this. We've got the right guys for the right system as of today 
I don't think it's as big a stretch as you think. Georgia Tech actually got some surprisingly good receivers during the triple option days. Like right. Demarius Thomas, I think, went to Georgia Tech. Yes, and so did uh, what? Did Calvin Johnson go to Georgia Tech too? You know, I think that's no, right. I think, yeah. It, yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, I was thinking, I was like, they, they have had some good receivers. It's less about the receivers and just more about it's different blocking schemes that you're used to. It's different quarterback play. It's, it's just a different setup. And just from what yeah. I've heard, I'm just, I'm just not sure they're there just yet. You know, well, they're in the right part of the country to find those types of players because the spreads everywhere. They are. The issue being, um, is that pitch really alluring to you if you are a top athlete is the thing or would you rather if you're that caliber athlete oh, obviously the, the the athlete that's going to georgia tech isn't being recruited by alabama but would you rather go to georgia tech under that pitch or would you rather go in a you know play for you know tennessee or would you rather go play for north carolina or something like that i i feel like you, you as a recruit you want to see someone have success with that offense so it you know, it, you gotta, it's kind of that cycle, right? You got to have the success in order to get the guys, but how do you get the better guys without the success? You're right. It's mm, how do you yeah. break into that? But you have to yeah. do something to get the guys to say, this is the type of scheme I can see myself playing I, and not I, this. Oh, just trust me. We're going to open it up. You know, I, I apologize that I'm sure that people aren't listening to us. Try to solve Georgia Tech's Probably like not, first man. steps into the 21st century. <laughs> Hey, this is this is what the people go for here. They're, we're, they're only, we're, we're approaching I mean, the hour mark here. And <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna hear us break down Georgia Tech's offense. Um, <laughs> so the next game we've got actually maybe the biggest game on the docket, Georgia at Clemson or Georgia versus Clemson. This game is in Charlotte. Clemson is a three-point favorite. I, I we kind of talked about this. I don't think either one of us have a single interesting thing to say about this game. It's gonna be a fantastic game. Well, well, we, we, we just got done talking about like, oh, you shouldn't like infer like how good a team is relative to everyone else after everyone's only played one game. It's probably fair to say that whoever wins this game is going to be way up high in the rankings until they do something stupid, which they might never do. Well, Clemson won't. I don't think Clemson plays another team in the top pick your number, basically, of any metric. Yeah. I mean, Clemson's schedule after this is literally nothing. I mean, it is insane how bad. The rest of their schedule is so if clemson wins this game they are walking into the playoff yeah so if you're if you're a fan of anarchy i guess you're rooting for georgia because i think so if you're if you're clemson rooting, would be saddled with a loss and georgia still has to get through the sec yes and clemson loses this game and still likely makes the playoff they likely win the table but yes if clemson loses this game you have the possibility of them missing. if clemson wins this game they could afford to blow one of those games and still make the playoff because they'd have the resume win up for georgia yeah. it, it would almost require clemson to lose this game and then georgia just completely cratering yes assuming georgia... and even that might not be enough to keep an 11 and one or whatever and one clemson team out of the playoff right right yeah i i think so i i think barring a georgia collapse uh clemson winning this game would get them in and barring a georgia collapse clemson losing this game they still have an easy enough schedule to win out and make it anyway so mm -hmm. for them it, it, it it's it's a good early test but i'm not sure how much it means for georgia it's huge right they need that big resume win because they know they're going to go through some landmines in the sec yeah yeah they're not going to get through that undefeated yeah as for the actual game again i think it's gonna be a great game yeah i don't know what really to say about it i make watch this it. game I, yeah watch i watch it. this game i make this game right about three so i mean i think this number is spot on 
as are most of the big games, I'm not going to have a pick on a ton of the big games because most of my metrics are going to put it right about where it is. Should be a fun one. Cousin Jared actually is chiming in with a pick on this one. He is taking Georgia plus three. Maybe really? he's, maybe he's SEC biased. I don't know. He's not here to defend himself. So oh. we, could, we, we could say that, right? He wants Georgia plus three. Again, I think this is going to be a great game. Uh, it's not crazy. It's not crazy to take the plus three. Same idea we talked about on some of the previous games. It's not crazy to take a plus odds in the money line because anything can happen in this game. It should be a fun one, but not a pick uh, from me or Jack on this one. Same on the next one. We're going to talk Kent State, Texas A&M. Cousin Jared has a total play on this one, total 67. He wants the under. I think he thinks it's going to be maybe a sleepy start. Um, doesn't believe in the offenses. So he's taking the under on 67 on that one. My model doesn't run totals, so I have that. That, that, no that kind of attitude gets you run out of College Station. It may, it may. Uh, we'll we'll see uh, if he if he when he makes his way back to College Station if they let him back uh, talking about unders. Um, next game, another SEC game here. LSU minus three at UCLA. A big game in that it's a nice undercard, right? Two big name yeah. schools, but not nearly the caliber of Georgia and Clemson. But LSU, a slight favorite out uh, in Los Angeles. What do you have for us on this one? So. Isn't this entire, like, how you th- feel about the game basically correlated with how you feel about Hawaii? It is highly correlated with that, right? If you think yeah. Hawaii is any good, then you have to really like UCLA. If you think they're not, then you probably shrug that off and say whatever. And, like, again, like, it's, it's hard for Hawaii to come to the mainland against a Power 5 team and put up any kind of fight, especially in Week 1, especially with some of the crazy things Hawaii has been doing from a COVID perspective. Right. And if you saw any of that game, there were, there was the opening, it was the first or maybe second drive, the punt where the guy, the, the, the snap was low. The punter's knee hits the ground. UCLA takes over inside the red zone. Uh, I think they got another turnover later. I mean, they, they had some, they had some, some really short, they started at the nine, I think later in the, I mean, they got up early. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They had one I long mean, good drive, but I mean, they were, Hawaii just gave them that game. Yeah, LSU is not going to make those mistakes. Uh, probably wouldn't LSU the team that like threw the shoe, or was that in the LSU game? I can't remember who. Who was? The, oh, that was, that was LSU. It was LSU yeah. against Florida, right? And he threw yeah. the shoe. So yeah. you never, you never know. <laughs> if well, do. Les Miles is not walking through that door. <laughs> Unfortunately, right for the, for the <laughs> just for the watching someone chew grass aspect, right? <laughs> I, I, I can't bring myself to pick LSU, but that's certainly where I would lean. Okay. That's where cousin Jared's at. He's taking LSU. He's lying the three. I am actually taking the three with UCLA. I make UCLA about a one point underdog. So again, I do think that LSU is the uh, better team. Uh, it's not that I think UCLA has a great home field advantage. I just think when you're getting a field goal on two evenly matched teams or two close matched teams, I think there's some good value there. So, so Jared is on LSU. I am actually on UCLA. So him and I are going, head to head on this one uh, i'm going to sit back and watch yes get get your popcorn out Uh, a couple of late games saturday night nevada at california california is a three-point favorite what do you have for us here so um nevada's quarterback carson strong um he's missed a few practices because of a bum knee okay coach says he's doing fine um but i think like this guy is apparently supposed to be like the best player in the group of five like th- this guy's that good i feel like okay. 
if if he's not a hundred percent, that's I think worth taking a flyer on. So I'm actually going to take I'm going to lay the points here. And this, I don't know what this means, but you're laying the three with Cal. Cousin Jared is laying the three with Cal. I am laying the three with Cal. So that is a trifecta there. So I don't know if that's and, and all for different or, reasons. I'm and all, sure. And all for different reasons. You're probably right. I make Cal yeah. a six point seven point favorite in this one. I just think they're a better team. Uh, than Nevada I'm a little bit higher on Cal I think than most people I think they've got uh, a a chance to win a couple of games in the Pac-12 the Pac-12 has a bunch of teams at the bottom that are bad and somebody's going to come out of that and win six seven games and I think it's a decent chance that it's Cal I don't have any faith that it's you know Arizona right or 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 Arizona State but I do think that Cal might be that team I don't think I don't think it's Stanford but I think Cal might be that team that comes out of all that garbage and wins a few of those games and I, I look for him to get on out on the right foot here. Uh, so so if, let, let's, let's play this out there. Cause we all think, we all think Cal is going to win this game. If right. Nevada loses this game, who's our group of five new year's bowl representative. I mean, we still have the 2020 mountain West champ San Jose state, right? They're, they're, they're still on the table. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I mean, since Cincinnati, of course, is the leader in the clubhouse, right? They're, they're ranked mm-hmm. uh, eighth or ninth, I think to start the season. Okay, well, so that, that's, a, that's an easy choice then. Yeah. They'd be the leader in the clubhouse. Uh, they're getting a lot of respect early on. Last game that we're going to talk about for Saturday night, the one you have all been waiting for New Mexico state, at San Diego State, San Diego State is a 31 and a half point favorite. So we mentioned that Jack and I met at, at Baylor. Jack is from a little town near New Mexico State. So mm-hmm. this is not his home school, but he follows them. He, 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 you know, we mentioned this last week. I think we were curious what Jack would have said about New Mexico State. So, so what do you want to say about New Mexico State, Jack? So, so, so I, I have a, I have fondness for New Mexico state. My parents met there. My grandparents lived in Las Cruces. I have been to that part of the country a lot. Their team is, and has been for a long time, horrible. Like just do, do avert your eyes, like level of bad. I'm, I was very happy when they got their bowl win a few years ago, because that's probably the last chance they're ever going to get. Yeah. <laughs> They are now a team without a home, a, the, the, the prodigal football team with no conference, no, nowhere that no one that wants to take them. Right. Although with all the shuffling that might be about to happen with Texas, and know you going to the SEC, it might not be about to happen. Who knows? Right. I, I think someone I read said something to the effect of, uh, you know, if you think you know what's going to happen, you're wrong. Right. So who knows what will happen and how that will oh. trickle down. Right. New Mexico State might find a home somewhere just because who knows what all, where all the dominoes will fall on that one. Right. <laughs> I, th- I think you're implying that New Mexico State will find a an FBS conference. And I think that is very, very generous of you. <laughs> well, it, it, it you never know what teams will do when they get desperate to have a partner, you know, for the last dance, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So it, it's all possible. Right, so- so, so, so back to this 31 and a half, 31 and a half is, is not enough. Yeah. It's not, I, I think, uh, uh, I think unless, that. unless you're worried that the clock will hit zero before San Diego state gets to 32. Yeah. Although I will say New Mexico state had a, some decent offense last week. And of course that decent offense was against UTEP. And that's, I think where, yeah, and, 
and it resulted in three points. It resulted in three points, but I think the biggest thing there is that San Diego State is much better than UTEP. UTEP is really bad, and, and I took New Mexico State last week, and, and, and look, Jack, you may disagree with this. I stand by that pick. New Mexico State early on, and I tweeted about this, they, they had a fumble on a first down run. They had a touchdown called back. Uh, they had a, a touchdown pass that the receiver's heel hit the end zone. They could have easily so been you, in that game. The difference is they could have been. Your fl- the flaw in your logic, Professor, is that you are treating those things as flukes. When for New Mexico State, that is a Tuesday. It may And it may be. And, and the thing is, of course, that those things happened. They could have been in that game, but they would have been in the game against UTEP. And UTEP is really, really bad. And San Diego State is actually pretty decent. And so I think you're right. I think 31 and a half is not enough points. I make this game San Diego State by 37. Um, if it was 37, I still probably would say lay it, even though the model wouldn't say two. This mm-hmm. feels like a 45 to nothing type game, maybe yeah. 52 to nothing type game. We talk and about taking bad teams and taking points, but this is not one that you want to do that, in my opinion. Th- this, this feels like a game where Brady Hoke takes the foot off the gas like late third quarter and they coast to like maybe 45-3, but certainly enough to cover this spread. Right, right. Yep, I'm with you on that one. So we're both on San Diego State for that game. There is a Sunday game. We're not talking about that one. We are talking about Monday, Louisville at Ole Miss. Mississippi is an 11-point favorite. Do you have anything for us on the Monday night game that's going to wrap up the Labor Day weekend? I mean, hey, Lane Kiffin, that, that'll be entertaining. <laughs> it's, it's true. usually is. Ah, gosh. This this is one that I haven't spent a lot of time looking into. So uh, just another one of those games where I think I'm just going to sit back and enjoy it. 11 seems like a lot of points against Louisville, but maybe I'm still like blinded from, you know, their Heisman Trophy winning days. Right. But no, the model agrees with you that 11 is too many points. I've got this at Louisville plus 7.9. So I'm taking the 11 with Louisville. Again, 11 is a possible score. We could push on the 11. Uh, could obviously easily end up at 6, 7, 10. Lots of ways that this bet can win. So I'm looking for Louisville to keep this game close. Another game that, you know, Monday night, you're, uh, you know, a little bored, just a solo game. Maybe a couple bucks in the money line wouldn't be bad. Big plus odds in a game that anything could happen. And look, Louisville may lose this game by 30. I mentioned that last week with doing much of New Mexico State because I, I just want to I just want to have a New Mexico State podcast. Yeah. We just to talk about them every week, right? <laughs> I mentioned New Mexico State. They could lose by 30, maybe put a few bucks in the money line on the plus odds because anything could happen in that game. And of course, they lost by 27. It's the same thing here. If you, you know you lose by a little, lose by a lot, it doesn't really matter. But you throw a couple bucks in the money line, you might have a fun big plus odds play in the event it is close. I think Louisville can keep it close, and that could be an interesting play here. We're getting close to the 10-year anniversary of putting money line money down on Kansas against Georgia Tech, and Kansas got beat so bad that Georgia Tech made a t-shirt for the game. I had completely forgotten that that had happened. <laughs> yeah, good times. Do you good dare times. follow that same path? You know, you're going to win. It does, you know, it, it, it's all it's all one game at a time right it's all it's only one loss in the in the standings right so you're gonna win some big ones you're gonna lose some big ones too right it doesn't it doesn't matter if you lose by a lot it's still a loss right it, and then i don't know about you guys i I'd, sometimes i'd rather lose by a lot than lose by a little lose by a little it's heartbreaking you think what could have been it's much more fun to have that yukon wow. game last week where they just 
couldn't move the ball at all. And you're just like, well, whatever, it's over. Yeah, if, you're, <laughs> the next if, one. if you're drawing dead in the second quarter, then you can think about lunch plans. Right, exactly. I, I got, completely agree with that. Yeah, you got, you got, you Let's not get invested. Well, yeah. in some of these, and I don't know how many, you know, everyone out there is going to play, but if you're, if you're playing, you know, three, four games, it's, it's not a big deal. But if you're playing more than that, you got two or three games at a time. If, if you're going to lose, I'd rather just move on. Don't even have to watch enough to care. Go watch the other game that, that you're winning, you know, have a little more fun. And that does it. We hit here just over an hour trying to go through a bunch of these games, uh, try to keep it short and sweet as much as we could. Uh, and that'll wrap us up here. The second episode of Picks with the Professor. I am Professor Sides. This was Jack. Thank you for watching. Please like and subscribe. And folks, remember, you can eat your betting money, but don't bet your eating money. <laughs>